Welcome to the Soulless Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Our passion as a church community is to see Jesus at the center of all things. For more sermon content and information, check out soullesschurch.com. I want to give a quick pastoral word on the recent overturning of Roe v. Wade in our nation and the issue of abortion altogether. If you've been to Solus before, you know that our tendency at Solus is really to fight to keep Jesus at the center. One of the ways we have to do that is to make sure we don't allow the political issues of our day to overshadow the gospel, to overshadow the word of God. Um, What I know is true for me and many of you is that when we come into church, there's a tendency to be thinking about everything except for our own relationships with Jesus. And so um, it's not the norm. There's always a cultural issue to talk about. There's always, you know, a church could always become more and more political. And though I believe we're called to love our neighbor, which means engaging in the political system which betters their lives as we see fit, um, as you know, our tendency is to keep things centered around Jesus. That, That doesn't mean, however, that Jesus won't call us to engage in cultural issues that have rich theological implications. And so I hope you hear my heart on that first and foremost. Um, this, This is not a theological issue. Or sorry, let's say that again. This is not a what? Political issue. This is a richly theological issue. And from time to time, the Holy Spirit will nudge our hearts as a church and as leaders to say, hey, we need to stop for a second and just make some things clear. And I feel led to do that. Uh, Last Sunday, I tried to throw some things together, and the Holy Spirit said, no, not yet. You're kind of rushing it. Um, I was playing golf all last week, okay? I was on vacation. I I wasn't Pastor Andrew last week. I was Uncle Andrew. It was really great. Um, As my brother was in town, we had a guest speaker last Sunday. And so um, we felt that rather than just give a few brief comments, we felt the Lord lead us to take some time to be able to offer you a more prayerful, thoughtful and comprehensive pastoral word on this topic. And I hope you hear that's what this is, a pastoral word, not a political hot take. We've got enough of those, okay? Um, so if you would hear, hear me out here, I want to read this to you. Uh, I feel like that's the best way to get through this. You know, if I, I mean, this might as well be my sermon if I'm not going to read it. You know we'll be here till uh, tomorrow. So um, let's just allow the Holy Spirit to give us hearts to receive what, what I believe is a perspective from God's word here. Let, let me read this to you. Throughout our study in the Gospel of Mark, we have been reminded of our need as followers of Jesus to regularly reject the tendency to assume the way of Jesus. Instead, what we're learning as a community is to give the Holy Spirit room in our lives to guide us into all truth as we humble ourselves before him with teachable and willing hearts. This is the posture we want to have as Christians seeking to navigate any and all of life's issues, and especially one as culturally and historically significant as this. So as we do so, the question we want to ask here is, what is the way of Jesus for us, his church, in a moment like this? How do we navigate this issue? And I would ask you to consider these few ideas. First is the idea of submission and sight. First and foremost, as followers of Jesus... Listen, we are those who live in submission to the authority of Scripture as the primary lens through which we see and understand the world. 
We submit to Scripture as that authority. This means, listen closely, that we must fight daily against the temptation to be driven by the popular cultural narratives of our day, including that of our own partisan pseudo-Christian political tribes. We must seek to be led by the guiding light of Scripture alone, despite how offensive and alienated we may become. This is the way of Jesus. That's what we're after here, the way of Jesus, who taught us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When looking through the lens of God's word, we are compelled without excuse to see the intrinsic value of every human life as fearfully and wonderfully created by God Almighty. This includes the lives of the unborn no matter the circumstances surrounding their conception and existence. Science and logic both affirm this reality, along with the testimony of Scripture that unborn life is human life. Therefore, to terminate an unwanted pregnancy is to commit murder and to violate the rights of another who has been made in the very image of God himself. This is the clear testimony of Scripture. This is also the historic teaching of Orthodox Christianity, This is not a new conservative hot take. This is Orthodox Christian faith. Early church father Tertullian wrote this in A.D. 197. He said, you shall not murder a child by abortion, nor shall you kill a newborn. The Bible is abundantly clear about the value of life in the womb and the sinful nature of taking it for the sake of convenience. To arrive at any other conclusion on this matter is simply the result of a seared conscience and or spiritual blindness. Throughout the last century, there have been a variety of reasons for Christians to both grieve and rejoice over this issue. On one hand, we have and we continue to grieve greatly over the 60 million unborn lives that have been taken in our country since the 1973 Supreme Court ruling of Roe v. Wade. In addition to the loss of precious life, we also must grieve the circumstances surrounding those led to make such a horrible decision. And more so, we grieve over a culture that has fought to protect their claimed right to do so. In the Gospel of Mark, listen, this is how we see Jesus responding to the sinfulness and brokenness of his day. Beyond just some outward political expression of right versus wrong was this deep inward pain that Jesus would feel when face to face with the effects of sin in the world. May we not become so political and culturally callous that we fail to grieve over what grieves the heart of our God. Now on the other hand, with the recent historic Supreme Court ruling against Roe v. Wade, we certainly have been given much reason to rejoice as a 50-year-old injustice in our country has finally been reversed and made right. As Proverbs 21.15 says, when justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous. Now, though this ruling doesn't outlaw abortion altogether, by bringing legislative power down to the state level, we can expect that there will be a massive decline in abortions nationwide with millions of lives being saved as a result. This is a reason to rejoice. We rejoice in the mercy of God for this decision. We don't pat ourselves on the back and boast in man, but we rejoice in the mercy that God has shown our nation, and we long for the day when Jesus will return to make all things right. 
putting an end to death and abortion once and for all. In the meantime, as we look forward to this future hope, our primary goal as Christians is to see God's kingdom come here and now and to see God's will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We pursue this every day as the church of Jesus by extending the ministry of Jesus to the world around us, listen closely, both in word and deed. As 1 John 3.18 says, let our love not just be in word or tongue, but also in deed and truth. We unashamedly stand for the truth of God's heart for the unborn, and we show up to care for single mothers and children in their time of need. This is the ancient tradition and present practice of Jesus' church. Do we know this? The church of Jesus Christ has provided more support and assistance to women and children in need than any other community in history. Whether it's the first century Christians who were rescuing abandoned, discarded infants in ancient Rome, or modern pregnancy centers and adoption agencies, followers of Jesus have always been on the front lines of protecting the most vulnerable among us, and we must strive to continue this legacy. Another important aspect of our witness here as Christians, listen to this one, because a lot of you have been amening me up until this point. Another important aspect of our witness as Christians here is how we respond to those who oppose our pro-life position. If you haven't already noticed, a large percentage of our country doesn't share our biblical convictions on this issue. Additionally, every day it's becoming more and more common for many to deride and villainize us for holding this view. Now, Jesus promised his followers, listen, that the world's hatred would come upon them. And the Apostle John taught us not to be surprised when it does. The question isn't whether or not Christians will be opposed for following Jesus. It's how will they respond? How will they respond when they're villainized? How will they respond when they're ridiculed? Will we fold and give in to the cultural pressure of secularism in the name of love, compromising the truth of God's word because of what it may cost us socially? Or will we, on the flip side, in the name of truth, Forsake the very essence of what Christ came to model in the cross, which is a radical display of self-giving love for those who make us their enemies. Even here, Jesus offers us another way. It's the way that the Bible calls of truth and love. Truth and love. It's the way of truth that holds fast to the word of Christ despite how unpopular it becomes. And it's the way of love. That rather than, listen closely, rather than mirroring combative hostility back to the world, the way of love seeks to do good and pray for those who have made us their enemies, saying, Father, forgive them as you forgave me when I had no idea what I was doing. This is the way of Jesus. Finally, with all the noise, with all of our communication, we must preach the whole message of Christ. The full gospel of Jesus, which presents a Savior who is greater than any one sin that a nation or person can commit. We must present Jesus as the one who offers redemption, healing, and forgiveness to those living in the shame of their past mistakes. 
to the extent to where people can feel comfortable and safe sharing about their past and sharing about their brokenness. We must present Jesus as the one who, beyond all that, even secures our lives and the lives of our little ones eternally in his perfect care. Beyond just the message that abortion is a great sin, may the world ultimately hear from the church that Jesus is a great Savior who never has and never will turn away anyone who comes to him. This is the way of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for just some of the reminders that your word gives us. Um, and beyond just communicating points, Lord, help us be, be those that you say are blessed, Jesus. You said, blessed are the peacemakers. Those who don't compromise truth, but those who seek to bear your truth with a spirit of mercy and grace and love in humility, God. So we ask that you would grow us to be those people as your church. We also pray, God, for, for the state of our country, the amount of distrust that there is between many non-believers, between them and the church, the amount of, of really just compounded blindness because of the work of the enemy and and so we, we just come here this morning, and God, what we have to offer, we're, we're not much different than other Christians who are standing for the truth of your word. What, what we come to you with today, God, is just an offering of intercession. We just want to come to stand in the gap. May we be those who are a bridge between the world and you, God. Would you help us be those connectors? But also, we come to you to intercede in prayer and ask God that your, truly, that your kingdom would come. And that your will, your will would be done, God, on earth here in America as it is in heaven. Especially in this holiday where we celebrate the inception of this country. Lord, help us remember that it's not the kingdoms of this world that we're after. It's the kingdom of heaven. May your kingdom come here. May righteousness be done, Jesus. May, may we be those that are about more than just moralizing our neighbors. May we seek to evangelize those in this world who need you. Help us, God, be those armor bearers. We pray for our country. We pray for your mercy to fall in a greater way. We pray for the testimony of the church to silence the accusers, God. The work of your Holy Spirit with how the church cares for what you care for. Lord, we just commit this to you. And Lord, I pray for any person even who's here right now that is... Um, well, there's probably a variety of responses. Some are happy. Some might be angry. And so, Lord, I, ju I just pray, God, for you to work on all of our hearts. At the end of the day, God, the goal is not that we feel right in our own eyes. Help us maintain that posture of humility and teachability before you. For you see all truth, and we, God, we have short sight. So we pray now, even as we get into your word, that you would bless our time as we study who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.